I'm just watching because I feel like the shoe's still yet to drop. Okay. You know, I think we're not going to see in, true inventory increases. We're kind of in a stagflation moving into it. We, we're, we're in a recessionary type of environment as we speak. We're just denying ourselves that by the media. Uh, but I think we're actually in some form of recession, depending on where you're at, stagflation. Uh, and I think you're not going to see the impact to the inventory probably till late next year into 24. And okay. I think we'll be in a full-blown buyer's market by then. Welcome to the Land Life Podcast with your host, PJ Riley. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Land Life Podcast. My name is PJ Riley. Guys, if you're getting value, if you're learning a lot from this podcast, don't forget, like, subscribe, leave a comment. Leave me a five-star rating too. Make sure you leave a five-star rating. Um, even if you don't like the podcast, if you think I need to change things, you know, my background looks dumb. I, I start sitting down again because I started standing up like recently. Uh, I just like it better. But if you don't like that, tell me, let me know. But leave comments. You have to leave comments. Uh, guys, today we have Joe Scarice uh, out of Philadelphia. How you doing, Joe? You know, how are we doing there, PJ? Doing great. Good, good, good. Now, it's freezing cold. No, it's not freezing cold. It's cold here in Denver. We talked about this earlier. What's the weather like out there on the East Coast? It's, it's beautiful, sunny, around 65 degrees. But, you know, you can always make warm. You can't make cool. So I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. Joe. Let's give us, I mean, you're, you're in your private lending, right? You're in private lending. You're all over the internet. You can find a hundred videos on Joe, which is a big deal. Um, you know, you got to get your name out there. I'm going to ask you kind of how you got into all that here in a second, but um, let's give us a little background of like who Joe is, how you got started, kind of like what brought us to the point we're at now. Okay. Uh, um, my name is Joe Scarice. I'm a regional development manager in the Northeast for Lending One, which is a division of Blackstone Capital. We're direct private lenders in the asset-based lending environment. So we lend on 30-year fixed rental loans, whether it's one through four or five plus units. Mixed use we'll look at, depending on the, the uh, residential and the, uh, commercial comparative on rentable square footage. We'll look at uh, fixed and flip loans. We'll do a one-time close, burst strategy close. So we'll actually rehab it right to completion, then put it into a 30-year fix. We look at new construction. We look at also blanket loan programs for multiple properties for a landlord. So landlord loans we're extremely friendly to. We have a revolving construction line of credit that for active, very active rehabbers or flippers, we do a revolving line based on extrapolation of what they have in reserves. And then we extrapolate that 10 times and give them more flexibility to be able to do multiple transactions at the same time, whether to rehab the hold or rehab the flip. I've been in lending since 2001. I've been a licensed realtor since 1988 in the state of New Jersey and Pennsylvania. I'm also a licensed residential banker as well, uh, but that's an escrow. I'm full-time commercial lending, investment lending on behalf of Lending One. Uh, we're licensed in approximately 46 states. So we don't, we don't do loans in the Dakotas, uh, Nevada, and Alaska. And the only island we don't touch in Hawaii is the Volcano, volcano Islands. So we kind of stay away from the volcano action on the uh, the, um, the main island of Hawaii. Um, invested for the past 30 plus years in the multifamily space, five plus units, the 25 units is, is really my my lane and my portfolio makeup. Um, I'm, I'm adjunct at Temple University. I teach a couple of classes a year there at the real estate school. 
I'm a CE instructor for continuing education for real estate agents in five states. That's uh, New Jersey, PA, Delaware, New York, and Connecticut. So got a pr pretty full resume. I love what I do. Um, I've done over 600 videos and podcast interviews over the past couple of years. Um, I have a creative, I have a club on the uh, Clubhouse app. It's an audio app called uh, Creative Burst Strategies. I meet every Saturday and Sunday mornings, Eastern Standard Time, 8 a.m. Eastern on Saturdays, Sundays, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I, I kind of get out there and reach to like hundreds and hundreds of people within 90 minutes and having variant uh, real estate educational subjects. And then I speak or attend at various expos throughout the country. I've been in Dallas this past month. I've been in uh, uh, San Diego, I'll be in Ohio, I'll be in Denver, where you are as well, uh, Delaware. I mean, I'm traveling different places on behalf of for lending one and identifying real estate transaction opportunities for our company uh, through investors. Okay. Now, if if you're an, an investor like me, or you're in a business, you're a business person that's kind of into real estate investing. Um, right when you started talking, you said something about revolving a revolving line of credit for investors. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. For, for construction renovation loans. Okay. Is this anything? Is this something like a HELOC, or maybe you can explain that no. a little bit? Because I I know when somebody heard anybody heard who's in their investing space is like, wait a minute, revolving line of credit. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more. Like, just yeah, explain it, that a little it, bit because I don't well, want to gloss over that. I know, I know, somebody was like, I know people yeah. are like, wow, I want to hear more about that. Yeah, we're we're not a bank, we're a hedge fund, so we don't offer lines of credit, HELOCs uh, on on real estate. This is a revolving construction line of credit that applies debt financing on behalf of the acquisition of a of a property in need of renovation, and then we provide a certain amount of the renovation cost, typically a hundred percent of that. Uh, we typically go up to 90% on the acquisition and we leverage that in the loan and close on that. You only pay on the construction money as you use it on the financing side. What the revolving construction line of credit allows is you can do multiple transactions at the same time. There's a savings on rate, savings on origination and close time is typically 15 to 20 days. So it's a quick turnaround equivalent to the hard money. So direct private lending kind of knocks hard money to the right where we're not really predatory in a way. We don't loan to own. We, we're looking at the strategy of the borrower. We're looking at the makeup of the borrower. We want to make sure that the borrower gets completed with the transaction as well. Okay. All right. That makes sense. I just heard that right away. And I'm like, no, I know no someone's going to be like, why didn't you ask him more about that? That's no, what I'm talking about. So good. Uh, well, good deal. Um, so you're in you're in lending now. Are you said you're in 46 different states? You're able to lend in 46. Yeah, 46 states. Okay, absolutely. Uh, that's a, that's a lot of states. Was, so well, we also look. We only do it in the corporate veil, so it has to be in an LLC, C corp, or revocable trust. We do nothing in the personal management. It's considered non QM lending, okay. it's a non qualifying mortgage, not a Fannie or Freddie mortgage like in the traditional lending space. Okay. So I, I, I'm around a decent amount of lenders, um, you know, people in the real estate space quite a bit. Uh, and some are doing really well and some are not doing so great right now. How are you able to stay, I guess, relevant in the industry with so many people talking? 
I mean, there's people on TikTok, there's people on YouTube, there's all these people coming at you from all these different directions. How, how do you, how are you able to stay in the public eye, I guess? I'll break down the three C's, um, continuity, consistency, and communication. I think they're all very important when you're a direct private lender. Two, above the three C's is, you know, I'm transactional. So not, I'm just not a licensed banker. I'm also a licensed realtor. I'm also a licensed educator for licensed agents. So it gives me a, a little more, I would say, shoehorn uh, to get into the bigger shoes and wear the bigger shoes. Mm -hmm. um, and attending more of the higher level trade expos and events that, that go on throughout the country, you know, you're, we're, we're, we're the, 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 the business development managers here at Lending One, we're just much more seasoned. Um, we're much more, I mean, not the matter that we're, we're, we're extremely confident in what we do. And we try, the best part is we pull the bandaid off immediately, whether it's bad or good news. We give the news as quick as we can and as appropriately as we can. And that's the beauty of commercial lending comparably to traditional lending, where there's a lot more minutia, a lot more paperwork, uh, a lot more aggravation, a lot more uh, personal uh, vendetta work between client, realtor, lender, it gets a little uh, gets a little ugly to say the least, where commercial is extremely black and white uh, and we get very direct. You don't have to like what we say, but we're gonna tell you exactly what our thoughts are. Yeah, yeah, I think that's super helpful too. I would rather yeah. hear that, you know, yeah. in, in every aspect of business, I would rather hear yes or no, and here is why. I'm not gonna give you 30 days to tell you maybe. No. You know, I. No. I I can't stand that. And I don't think anybody else, uh, you, you know, as well. Um, so wait, wait, I got to ask you though, too, you're a college professor. Um, well, part time, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't wear a, I don't wear the college hat or no, I just, I'm just, you know, I, I kind of fell upon the opportunity when I belonged to one of the associations here in Philadelphia. I, I've done it a couple of times a year for the last four or five years. Uh, that compelled me to go get C certified to teach other courses at other associations outside the university. Um, so now I'm licensed now officially in five states to teach CE. So it's a matter of identifying the right associations and understand what I teach that I can provide hopefully good content for licensed realtors uh, to get something out of the classes I teach where they can apply that to what they do day to day. Okay, okay. So you're, you're teaching licensed realtors maybe a couple times a year, is that right? Uh, no, a couple times a month, actually. Times a month. But okay. the I'm at Temple a couple times a year. Okay, that's a big university. Now, I guess maybe you already said this. How, how did you get that? Did you apply for that type of position? Kind of fell my way. I don't believe in really luck. I believe in karma. So you just surround yourself with the right. You know, if you hang out with five smart people, you become the sixth. You hang out with five millionaires, you become the sixth. You hang out with five idiots, you're going to be the sixth idiot. So, you know, <laughs> I guess I was hanging out with five smart people that week. I, I got to get rid of five friends right now. Yeah, well, that happens. Them. They they, they, they they usually flicker off anyway if they're not really in line with you. So it's all good. Who knows? Maybe one of maybe I'm one of the five friends. Could be. Never know. So Clubhouse, how did you get to Clubhouse and why did you choose Clubhouse over the bajillion different places you can go to talk to people? Well, you know, I, I like the national approach of it. Um, a lot of the other places are playing catch up now. Like I know Zillow Spaces is making a move. Facebook probably will buy Clubhouse, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn looks like they're going to put something together that's very clubhouse related, hmm. uh, but I love it. I've built some great relationships. I've done some 
really a lot of business from it. And I've referred a lot of business to others and have made proper introductions to many people throughout the country that I want to have that same opportunity. Um, and I, I just find it, I've built really nice, really solid friendships too as well. So it's been really nice. Uh, I've retained people for the various things. So like I'm trademarking marking, uh, three books um, and I hired one of the attorneys that I became friends with to do the trademark. I mean, I could have hired anybody, you know what I mean? But I hired him because I like the guy. We have a relationship. We're going to do business together. I see it as a full fold. And the big thing is I do what I say and I say what I do. So what happens in, in an event such as that, as we know in live events, there's a lot of fake it to you make it type of environments. So I, I keep it to a two strike deal. You don't call me back. You don't return my email. There's two strikes. There's no third. I don't need to really be in communication with him anymore. Next. Yeah. Nothing personal. It's just a very uh, it's a rule I go by. And it kind of works out pretty well. Yeah, I like that. Two strikes. I'm not in baseball. No. Two. No. I was wrestling. Yeah. So, you yeah. don't know how to play. You don't do baseball. You wrestle. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I completely agree with you there. And I, and I really like going to those in-person groups. But you and I talked about this kind of like beforehand, um, you, you know, a, a little bit. There's a lot of... There's a lot of, and maybe they're just new and, and they're not really sure of themselves. They're not really sure of the, what they're supposed to do. When you go to those events, you know, there's maybe 30 people in a room, you know, there's, there's a couple new guys and maybe they don't necessarily understand uh, that you're not supposed to sell, 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 right? You build a relationship. You know, you want to go back the next month, the next month, the next month, and you keep making friends with these people. Um and what, what's really interesting is, you know, you think, what am I doing sometimes? You know, you go to these groups, you're like, I haven't really done any deals with these guys, but just out of nowhere, out of nowhere, that's when it starts popping off, right? When, you, yeah. when you've gone over and over and over to these different groups and, you know, you put in your time and you become a real person to them. Uh, you know, it's not just a transaction. I, I think that's kind of where you're at, right? Uh, you know, you're yeah. those kinds of things. And what's interesting, like I just came back from another conference uh, this past week in San Diego. So I'm walking around from one booth and I'm going to one thing or another. People will come up to me and say, hey, you're Joe Scarise. I'm like, yes, I am. How are you? I mean, one of these days, someone's going to punch ask me if I'm Joe Scarise and punch me in the mouth. But I'm like, <laughs> for the time being, Good thing I, you're I, wrestling. Yeah, it's okay. As long as I'm ready for the punch, but it's okay. <laughs> so, you know, hey, it's nice to meet you. I, I've heard you on Clubhouse. I've I've seen your posts or I've seen you at a live event, never had an opportunity to come up and say hello. Great. Where are you from? What do you do? What's your strategy? So I kind of put it back on them to kind of let me know what they want me to hear. You know, I kind of want to, I want to hone in on characteristic like opportunities and say, Hey, listen, it's not just about real estate. What do you got going? What, what are yeah. you doing here? Like, what do you got, you know, you know, what, what did he get out of this conference? You know, like, I mean, Great, we met, but what have you gotten out of this? And what's the big what's the big play for you? So they get excited. You know, you kind of like you, you ask certain bells and whistle questions, and it works out very well. And you build that that follow up. And I've seen a lot more follow up from uh, those meetings that are kind of like thrown off. Like if I get thrown off, so hey, you're Joe Street. Hey, I'm so and so from Clubhouse, and I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. Thanks for yeah. coming. Thanks for saying hello. Why don't you come up to the audience and step right up and see? Ah, uh, well, you're. You know, you, you kind of run a different type of room. I'm like, well, I run it with integrity. So, you know, yeah. if you're, you're going to be integrous, then come up to the room and you're going to ask a valid question. You'll get valid answers from our moderators. If 
if you don't feel like you're going to be integrous, yeah, then you won't feel comfortable. I'm not going to lie to you. So yeah. they they appreciate that. And when I hear I use the word integrity and integrous, they oh now I get what because like live events or any type of audio type of networking or webinar, you know, there's this uh, Ponzi element that you have to be concerned about. And um, I kind of eliminate that by saying, hey, listen, I'm, I'm licensed to the gills. I have my driver's license. I have my real estate license. I have my banker's license. I don't want to lose any. So yeah. like at the end of the day, you know, I, I kind of put people knowing that I'm not selling them something. I'm providing them something. I'm providing a, a source or scenario in, environment that they can feel comfortable in. And it's a safe space. Yeah. And, and I think with the uh, with the Internet, I guess it's been around for a while, but with the Internet now, if you do screw somebody over and you are a bad guy, people are going to find out really fast. I mean, yeah. and, and I know there's there's caveats that where people can say you're well, a bad guy anyway. Yeah, even if you're a good guy. The story, but yes, I agree with you. But yeah, you want to be on point, especially a guy like you who's out there going in person to all these different events. You're online quite a bit. You know, you want to be an honest, you you have to be an honest guy, you know? So if you you don't, you're going to, people are going to catch you, catch on and and find you out. And if you go onto things like, I don't know, bigger pockets, you can easily search out who the guys are who have screwed people over and who are, who are not. Right. I, I mean, met, just met 2,500 members out. from there. I've just What's, met 2,500 people at their conference. So, yeah, I mean, you get to meet everybody, all kinds, all walks of life. So um, some people are a little more excitable than others. You know, you just handle it as it comes. You know, yeah. uh, some people don't know how to be extroverts and they're they're forcing themselves to be. So it's, it's sometimes it's a battle to come out of the introverted environment to be an extrovert. Not everybody knows how to just say, hey, how are you? You know. How's everything going? And like people just keep, don't have that uh, comfort level, you know. So it does. It takes a lot to be in our industry and be successful yeah. at it. And yeah. just because you have a license doesn't mean you're a salesman or saleswoman. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think if you're not, if you are an introvert and you're not very good at it, um, be consistent. Just yep. show up more often than everybody yep. else. You know, exactly. like um, you don't have to be the best, but if you show up the most, you're going to be in that that high level of competition, too, because you're going to be there more often. Well, I enjoy being at any event 10 to 15 minutes early because I like to walk in and not that I'm the host. I don't run events anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of took that out of my ego stroke. Uh, I rather just go to other people's events and let them do all the hard work. But I get there early. I greet people as they come in. They think I'm the host half the time because I'm gre- I'm going right up to, hey, how are you? I'm Joe Scarice. Nice to meet you. We're lending one division of Blackstone Capital. Here's my business card. And they're like, whoa, how are you? Are you running this event? I'm like, no, I'm just here as a service provider and just trying to say hello. Like last night I was at an event. I went up to every single person at that winery, handed my business card, gave everybody a little ch- uh, tchotchke gift they, they, for them to take home. I'm Joe Scarice. This is what I do. Let me know if you have any questions. I've already gotten six follow-ups from last night's event. It was a two-hour event. Wow. So think about it. The cost-benefit of my time has to have a value. Everybody has to look at that. And you're not there to hang out and have drinks. You're there to, to, to yes. strangle people down, chokehold them, and <laughs> network with them, get to know who they are, get their card, and bring a business card, please, and then follow up with them in 48 hours while the skill is hot. Yeah. And provide something to them in an email. Yeah. So I, I think, though, you've, you've learned that over 
consistently going to these things all the time, yeah. you know, and, and just getting better and better and better. I think if you're new, you probably don't know. You just, you just go don't with know somebody. Don't know. Go, go with somebody, team up with somebody. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's much easier when you show up with somebody, you know, absolutely. You collaborate with somebody, somebody that's strong, mm-hmm. bring you in, get you comfortable. Then they, can, this is the best part, that part of networking, that's the art of networking. You could hand off each other to various people where you, if you start getting uncomfortable with somebody, hey, by the way, look, meet PJ. PJ, you wouldn't believe what this guy does. He does this, this, and this. Why don't you guys have a little chat? And you actually exit the date and move on to the next individual. Yeah. And you accomplish a lot more in that room quicker. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a lot, it's, it's a lot like, like this, what we're doing now. You know, if you're a, a, a introvert or new, you don't know what to say or do. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit nerve wracking when you get in there. Yep. You're like, um, do I stand here? Do I stand over here? You know, what do I say? I don't want to offend this guy. You know, I don't want to sound stupid. You know, that's the big one, I think, is a lot of people don't want to sound dumb. Like, trust me, guys, if I can do this, sounding as dumb as I sound, you'll be fine. So you just got to get out there and kind of do it, though, right? Like, just jump yeah. to on a podcast. Just talk to somebody. So. I did the 600 plus podcast during the pandemic. There's a couple of reasons. Obviously, to stay in front of people, mm-hmm. being the no. Two, I am a stroke survivor, so I had the I had to bring my linguistic st- skills back and how to speak correctly again and learn how to hesitate, listen, and communicate with other professionals in an interview platform. And it really helped me bring my vocabulary skills back. Uh, it's helped me with uh, hesitation and being careful and poised and um, not talking over people as much as I used to. Uh, so it was a learning lesson. Um, you know, we did, we briefly discussed health as well. I'm a yeah. kind of a health rat. I'm a gym rat. I'm at the gym every day or I'm doing some kind of sometimes twice a day. I've done probably every holistic homeopathic measure that you could think of maybe 10 times. Uh, if there's a new one, I'm going to try it. Uh, so I, I just found out about a new one. I'm going to try that. That's going to be very interesting. So I'll try anything. And uh, there's a lot of karma in that as well. Because you get When you start meeting people in that like-minded environment, uh, the dots start connecting. You know what I mean? So um, I'm actually tomorrow I'm going to get a IV hydration. Got a big two liters of goop in my body. You know what nice. I mean? And uh, the irony is I, the first time I went, I met this young lady. We're talking, and we just, we're gonna, you know, I, I, you know, before somebody's sticking a needle in me, I want to know who the hell they are. <laughs> and uh, you know, I say, hey, uh, where are you a nurse? You know, the, you know, you're a nurse here, like it's part time place. Where are you a nurse? Oh, I'm a nurse at this hospital. I said, oh, that's great. I, I was at that hospital for eight days. And she goes, really? You, well, you're built like a little like a bulldog. What the hell happened to you? I said, well, I, you know, I'm a stroke survivor. I was 352 pounds. I'm now 215. I've taken a very holistic life, you know, a path and, you know, I do this, I do that. And she's like, you know, she's looking at me, getting really like, like emotional. I'm like, like what I, I didn't know what I did. You know? Yeah. She's like, when did you have that stroke? I said, well, May 15th, 2019. She's like, um, Joe, I was your emergency room nurse. No way. Yeah. It was, and it was her first time back working part-time at this place, like in like two months. And, um, she, she actually told me she cried when I left the ICU because I was making her laugh. Because well, even while I was like delusional, and they had me like they were putting like morphine, tubes yeah. everywhere. 
I had her laughing, like she weighed me in. She's like, hey, you know how much you weigh? And I'm like, yeah, I'm about 210. She's like, you sure your memory's okay? I said, well, I think I'm 210. She goes like, well, you weigh about 352. I'm like, <laughs> you know? So she remembered that. And we, it was just a very emotional, karma-like atmosphere. And I've had that multiple times over the, the last three and a half years, going into four years now. I'll be celebrating my fourth year of survivorship. And uh, I apply that holistic type of environment and that health mindset uh, with people. I won't let them rent free space in my head. You shouldn't do that. Uh, it's your head, not theirs. And, um, you know, it's not emotional. This is business. You're not curing cancer. You're doing real estate. Yeah. That's it. So that's really interesting then. So fitness is obviously a big part of your life. You're in a judo. You're working out all the time. We talked about you working out when you get here to Denver um, and the altitude. You scared me now. I'm going to have nosebleeds all over the place, but I'll, I'll get past that. <laughs> I prepared you though. I gave you the yeah. strategies needed. To I'll, be, I'll have a big jar of Vicks on my head. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, so how much do you attribute though to your fitness and your mental fitness to like being able to travel so often now? You know, I mean, you're uh, out there. Well, yeah. Time. I mean, I get it. I get into the hotel. I immediately want, like either there better be a gym in the hotel or I'm going to a gym <laughs> and I'm at least doing an hour of treadmill yeah. at like 3.5 and I'm, I'm hustling. Okay. But um, I'm jamming on my my music, my 80s music. I'm doing what I got to do. And, and if I have time to hit the weights and they have a real weight room, that's a whole nother discussion. They have a real weight room. I'll do I'll do some weight training or stretching. But I, I do some very unique uh, uh, workouts. I use a Smith machine to get complete balance in my, my body structure. So I'll do sets of 15 deadlift, squat, um, bench, full-blown shoulder press, stand-up shoulder press to yeah. get the full measure, but I'm getting full balance and symmetrical balance in my body. Uh, but lighter weight, it's not about weight at 50 plus years old. Yeah, I feel you there. It's about stretching and, and repetition. Mm -hmm. And uh, so right now I'm at three sets of 15 for each one, but then I'll, I'll probably get up to three sets of 20. Okay. Uh, just because the more you're doing, it's the same thing with lending. You know, the more transactions, Yes. the better you're going to be able to pivot with different scenarios. It's very uh, relevant. Health is wealth in that type of mindset. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I was just thinking about that today. I was like, I'm 44 years old. Now, I'm, I've am i always been very consistent about fitness. And I, I was thinking about that with, with the, I mean, I buy and sell land. I was thinking about that with land sales too. I was like, show up every single day, kind of like you do at the gym and consistently do the same activities over and over and over. And you're going to get the results you were looking for, right? You know, you don't need to show up one day a month, deadlift 800 pounds or try to deadlift 800 pounds, you know, try to sell, sell the, uh, the Taj Mahal on a yeah. Thursday, you know, even though you've never done it before, it's just not going to happen. It's that little bit of consistency every single day. And all of a sudden you look at this finished product, you're like, wow, like that's, you know, I built that. That's, that's, yeah. that's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty impressive. Actually. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I get a kick out of what I do. Like my wife and I, she owns a wellness center and a school for massage therapy. She's lost Perfect. a lot of weight. We both thought we were on diets. We were on diets. We we're diets fail. Mm -hmm. It's a lifestyle. Uh, so this week we're starting a carnivore diet. So we're going to follow the Joe Rogan path yes. and see what happens to our metabolism. And again, you know, it's nice. I, I find it, I get a kick out of experimenting my body when it comes to eating habits. I, I've, yeah. I've been on uh, intermediate fasting and keto. Uh, for a couple of years now. So I need to change something up because, you know, how many times can you eat between 12 and six? So that's exciting. Yeah, you know, right. so I like this carnivore thing. I love following Rogan. He's a madman. So 
uh, I try to follow that path. He's a beast. You know what I mean? And he puts doctors on there that know what the hell you're talking about, about yeah. keeping himself in check, you know, check. So I actually, I, my doctor is a, uh, he's connected with a couple of the doctors that are on there. So okay. I identify with a lot of that relevant type of mentality of, of health. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he's a good guy to fault. I like, but you know what? It's amazing how you have these conversations with people uh, when you're at these real estate events and discussions. And when you start talking about the holistic measures you take in your health, you couldn't believe how many people then open up to you yes. about other things, like yeah. things that are going on. Um, you know, then they get personal with you and say, hey, listen, what do you really think I can do? Like, don't you know, take the bullshit out of the way. You know, my my credit's not that good. And I'm going to say, listen, you want the truth or you want me to bullshit you around? Yeah. So, you know, we start having that honest conversation and how they need to look at things, whether it's structuring an operating agreement to make sure everybody's protected, if it's going to be a partnership and, you know, who's bringing what to the table. You got to think about divorce before marriage when it comes to an operating agreement with an LLC. Yeah. So I almost take the relevance to me, you know, second round in marriages. So I got to, Always have to look at the exit strategy, God forbid, or, you know, my wife tells me to get get lost kind of thing. So I got to keep that I in consideration. Yeah. So, you know, you got to look at the exit strategy on everything you're looking at. And that's relevant from life to real estate and real estate. Exactly. If you're going to have partnerships, you better know who you're partnering with. And everybody's got to be very honest at the table with an attorney in place with a proper operating agreement and how that all works. So, and then I go into what do you need? for the corporate veil and they're like wow nobody's ever told me this my cpa never told me this my attorney never told me this well i said well i'm telling you this and i'm neither i'm not your advisor i'm not your lawyer i'm not your cpa but this is what you need you need the fab four you need you know the ein letter you need the operating agreement you need the articles of formation you need the certificate of good standing on that llc they're like what the heck is that and then i gotta walk into <laughs> that you know like so it's you know like i'm I'm enlightening them with stuff that I'm like, okay, am I getting $200 an hour from you? Or what am I doing here? Because yeah. now I'm your consultant and I feel like I'm doing this for free. Wow. So you got to control that giving away sometimes and kind of get to the truth. Hey, when are we going to do business together? Like, when are you going to refer me somebody? Like I closed the loan with you. Where's your three friends that are just like you that I need to meet now? You know, I, I kind of like strangle them down. Like, listen, you know, I'm here to help you. I'm your source. I'm your guy. Where's the three other friends that you have that do what you do? Yeah, yeah. So I get very, very specific with my clients. Yeah, it's it's funny because I'm proof of you of of that being true. The fact that you're here talking to me right now, you were talking yeah. to two other guys that I know, and you asked to. I, I'm assuming you asked them to be on another podcast, and so they immediately contacted me and say, "Hey, you need to talk to this guy." Yeah, we. I mean, we had a good time. I said, you know, I extended to them. I said, "Listen, you seem like a nice, great group of young guys. I like your energy." If I could be of any help to anybody else, like I said, you know, again, I've seen what four economic cycles that I could actually remember. Wow. So the 80s, the 90s, 2000s. I mean, I saw. So, you know, going back a couple of years, I saw this market shifting. I knew traditional lending wasn't going to stay the way it was. So I got out of it knowing that direct private lending is going to be the lane. Yeah. You know, direct private lending has only been around 10 years. Hmm. Now, really? when, yeah, it's it, and hard money's been around what 25, 30 years prior to that. It was the Hells Angels and the Mafia, but and then you got traditional lending's been around, you know, since Egyptian times, you know, from a banking perspective. But you know, what, what you focus in on land, that's a, a very um, frothy opportunity there because 
build the rent is another space in our new construction environment that if the land is not raw and it's shovel ready land approved with renderings and architectural designs and permits yes. and variances and environmental everything phase one and if nobody understands what i'm saying well then you don't have a piece of land approved ready to go yeah. so you better learn or team up with somebody that has that level of experience because the maximized value of any piece of land in this world is approved shovel ready land and yes. most people that don't understand land or understand construction don't even know what that means and they want to go get a loan on land and they i'm like you're not even at the starting line yeah like you're not you don't you're nowhere like you know like i can't do anything for you till you do all this and they're like well that's going to cost me thirty thousand dollars so well welcome to having skin in the game well yeah and it brings and, the value of your your land by well, your force equity so do it I, I get it you know and yeah. but you, you would imagine the the surprise and the yeah. amazement of people. I believe that. And, uh, you know, and that's the oh, yeah. one caveat when it comes to land development or land sell, comparatively to rehab or construction renovation to a property. You know, there's a physical building on there. With land, there's nothing. Mm -hmm. And depending on where you're at within the country, you can't even dig basements. And the, you know, if you're in Texas, it's all clay. If you're in Denver, you don't you don't dig by November. You're not digging until April. You know, what I mean, you're at the frozen tundra. So it's like, you know, relevant depending on what market you're in. And there's less basements being dug out right now in new new construction yeah. because it doesn't make a lot of sense going down. It just makes sense throwing slabs down, you know, the cement slabs and going up. Yeah. The mechanicals are easier. Everything's easier. So there's actually a 23% difference in um, less basements being developed in new construction. Yeah, it's funny. Um, before we move forward, I want to say that it's Matt Cavanaugh and Tim Winfrey Jr., whose podcast we we were yes. we have both been on and that recommended you to. Uh, I appreciate to that very um, much. What I want to say though is, uh, it's funny you said about land, about the concern about improving your land. Um, you know, I sell I sell raw vacant land. I'll improve the land and sell it. But um, when I sell the raw vacant land, it's very interesting to hear. You know, that the land is the deal. That's the cheapest thing. That you're going to get if it's unimproved, right? It's, you're going to have to put in, if you're rural, it's well, septic, you know, those things cost money. But I don't think a lot of people quite understand, you know, when they live in a house, you know, that a, it, it took a lot to build this, you know, it took a lot of development and paperwork and money to put this house on a piece of dirt. Yeah. You know? uh, it, it, I want to talk to you about in, in the investing side of everything. You're an investor, you do apartments, you know, you, you understand all that. I've, I've had a lot of recent people come to me with new development ideas um, all over the country. And it, it's not, I've never seen it like this. I don't know if, if this is something you're seeing as well, um, but I've had more different uh, new developers saying, hey, um, do you have any land in this part of the country? You know, next guy calls me, do you have any land in this part of the country? Um, and I'm like, really? Like, I, I've never seen that so much as I have recently. Have you seen any anything like this? Well, because in the past three years, 47% of your rental properties were bought from for home ownership, getting rates of anywhere between 3 and 4%, you have a lot less rental availability, right? Mm -hmm. Saying that, you can't create new rental properties if home ownership gobbled up 47% of it across the country. Yeah. So if you don't build to create that the, the new class A, B or C 
living environments, people are going to be living in tents, which they're doing already, or RVs or self-storage for that matter. They're hiding in their self-storage and all, the all kinds of creative ways. And it's getting bad. And in yeah. some states, worse uh, to the point of, you know, it's, it's, it's disgusting. So yeah. if you don't start putting these, these build to rent ideas out there, whether it's monetized by government, federal or state to bring the cost down where developers make sense to do low income housing in lieu of class, uh, class A or B class uh, housing, people are going to be living in the streets and that's not the objective in our country. So, you know, that's why build the rent is such a popular subject because there's more lending now for the back end to support those type of townhome community developments that are eat, work and live. Uh, probably not as much as the on the multifamily side, but more the single family units, you know, build out 30 doors or 40 doors or uh, 50 doors straight across. Um, put a couple of amenities in there for people to walk their dog or their pet and pool amenities. And, yeah. Because, you know, 50% of your buying individual is a millennial and probably half of them don't want to own real yeah. estate themselves. They want to go to work or work from home, walk their dog, come back within the four walls, very controlled environment, maybe go out to the pool or the community room and, or go to a local, you know, restaurant or bar and come home. Yeah. They don't want to hang up. They, they basically want to barely hang pictures. You know, they don't want to do any landscape. They want somebody else to mow the lawn for them. And they want to just live their life, you know, and unless they're forced because of family growth or marriage or things of that nature, they're not, they don't want to move. Why? Somebody else is taking care of this whole, all, all yeah. my stuff. All I had to do was order everything into my IKEA. It was delivered. I got, I hired somebody to even put it all together for me. And I just came home and went to bed, you know? Yeah. So it's a different mindset than the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, 80s, 90s, actually. And then with COVID-19, it literally scared the living daylights out of a lot of people where they're ch changing completely. You know, rates are not what they were three years, you know, not even nine months ago, 12 months ago. So the buying um, excitement is done for about 36 months. I think rates will come back down then. So right now, this is going to be a op huge opportunity for land development, construction development, renovation, whatever is left, redevelopment, repositioning, commercial buildings even into the residential space. Because yeah. I don't think you're going to have as many people releasing commercial space because people are working from home. They like the hybrid environment. They yes. don't need it. These corporations don't even need as much space. I mean, I know a lot of these companies are trying to force their employees back, but that's not going to happen overnight. And, you know, a lot of these commercial spaces are going to be extremely impacted, especially retail, mixed-use stores, where they're used to having 100 people coming in the door because they're going to work. Now they're only getting 40 people. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot less volume, a lot less inventory being sold. than everything's being delivered. Uh, you know, I go on my phone, I can order whatever I want from Amazon, it comes to my door, you know, and if I don't yeah. like it, I send it back and they credit me out. So it's the whole idea of just even going to the malls, like what's happening to these malls. I mean, they're going to redevelop into, uh, you know, a residential living slash malls and, yeah. and medicinal is going to come in there. Hospitals are going to take over half the malls because where do old people walk? They walk in a place where they can get onto an escalator or handicap accessible and they walk in a controlled weather environment in the mall. They drive that to the mall. They don't want to walk outside. It's freezing cold. They go to the mall. They walk around two, three, four miles. They grab a bite to eat at lunch. They can go see their doctor. 
and then they could walk out the mall right into their 55 plus living experience. So you're going to see these malls starting to get chopped. They were getting beat up anyway before yeah. uh, COVID-19. Now it's just going to be conversions. So you're going to see a whole transformation in, in residential living over the next 10 years. That's super interesting. So senior living facilities inside a mall. Have you seen that already? Even assisted living. Who the hell knows? Yeah. I mean, even if you're in a wheelchair, you can, you can wheelchair through a mall. Now, is this an exact? I, I don't. I we I haven't seen yeah. this. Here. There's markets. Yeah, it. there's one. There's a couple. You know, in the southwest, it's already transitioning there, where you know med, medical schools have, you know, taken over portions of the malls and things of that nature. Yeah, it's it's going to happen. It's not going to happen everywhere. It's going to be very local by local location, just yeah. like just like our bank REOs and foreclosures and REOs. That's not going to impact everywhere at the same time, because the inventory saturation is, is needed in different environments differently. You know, if you follow your migration reports like in Penske and U-Haul, you know, 10 yes. top cities of migration were in Florida, six were in Texas, two were in North Carolina, two were in Wisconsin. Hmm. Okay, so like I could name more to that, but I mean, there's reasons why certain these migrations happen, whether it's crime statistics within the urban cities or whether it's just people can work. They don't have the 90 mile restriction where they, they have to live work, okay? Yeah. So why do you think Boise, Idaho became the hottest spot up in the Northwest? Because yeah. they could live up in Boise, Idaho and hunt caribou and then work virtually with their company in New York and nobody yeah. would know the better. So, yeah. and there's actually better production now in the virtual environment, hybrid environment. Yeah, I, I see actual companies too leaving those areas, leaving yeah. Los Angeles, leaving New York. Yeah. Why would you pay taxes and, and live in an environment that's not conducive to business? When you can just move to Texas, Florida, Nevada, uh, yeah. Tennessee, any of these other states where, you know, it's much better. Um, I, I, there's, there's so many places I want to go with that. Uh, now, you as an investor, um, are you seeing, first of all, what parts of the country are you investing in? I'm investing primarily in, in my backyard, New Jersey, Philadelphia, South Jersey. So just New Jersey and Pennsylvania for now. Have I invested elsewhere in different levels yes but um i don't really need to do anything like that yeah there's enough deals that fall my way that i that i'm looking for that i can evaluate and either take a pass or move on on. okay and it's all five to 25 you said door multifamily yeah. so small or multifamily is that so you can get is that because of the loan type just i you know i've done the single family before family and I'm not really that good of a landlord in that environment. I'm a much better uh, landlord and uh, babysitter in the more 5325. There's better mechanical and uh, management services that are out there that, that accommodate that, that space. Um, it's something I'm very comfortable with. Okay. So I got a question for you then. I can't get people to show up to do work on my personal house, right? I can't get guys to do my floors fix a bathroom, literally do anything. Are you seeing that in the markets you're in right now where the labor is just, they're just either not showing up or, I mean, are you seeing anything like that? Well, I mean, I, I feel like I'm a network myself. So I'm always around various, you know, service providers, whether it's construction yeah. or button up guy, you know, you should be hanging out at Home Depot more, more often about 6.30 in the morning, you know, like, you know, hanging out, just catching a wrap with the plumber, that's actually building, picking up equipment material to go to a job. Mm -hmm. Now he might be a month out, but I'd rather hang out with a guy that's picking up stuff to do work now 
then if you walk into a luncheonette and see who's a, a plumber, everybody raises their hand because nobody they're not working. That's not a plumber. That's just a guy trying to take your money. Yeah. There's a difference, you know, hanging out at Home Depot, grabbing coffee or buying coffee for everybody that walks up to the pro desk from six o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock. You're going to meet every active transactional uh, laborer that that's in that market. So that would be uh, if I was going to be an investor in a market that I'm not familiar with, I'd get familiar by giving call, free coffee out to everybody that's there between six and eight a.m. Yeah, this is this is super actionable stuff, guys. If you're listening to this, everything we've talked about is something you can actually go do right now that would make your business better. Go get two containers of coffee, big container jugs, things of yeah. coffee, fill them up, throw some cream to the side, some coffee cups, sugar, put it, open up your pickup. Buy everybody a cup of coffee. Hey, man, before you roll, you want to grab a cup of coffee? What do you do exactly? Oh, you're, you're a framer. Let me take your information. How far out are you on, on framing? Two months, three months? Oh, great. Can I give you a call? Can I set something up for you about two months from now? Absolutely. No problem. A plumber, an electrician. I mean, I've never met a poor electrician in my life. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you go hang out in the electrical uh, uh, lane and see what's going on over there. You know, the yeah. sheet rockers, you know? Good sheet rock is worth the gold, man. You know? Yeah, this is and awesome. if you're a newer investor, I wouldn't be doing full guts to the studs. Learn how to actually just paint the wall and refurbish <laughs> it. You know, don't take yeah. it down to the studs. You don't have that level of experience to get it back to a, a, a framed out property. So, you know, I would keep your renovation costs under 50% of any purchase price that you're making. Because if you're newer, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to fail. And then you're going to be closed on. And then you're going to get out of the business. So be smart. You know, that's what that these are just little steps that I do. Yeah. Um, another thing, um, never have a cancellation policy on any of your properties of renter's insurance. You pay the renter's insurance and roll that into the rental lease okay. agreement as an addendum and take the tax write off. Uh, it's one less piece of paper you get in the mail that pisses you off. <laughs> you yeah. Know, as a landlord, you know, yeah. who, who wants to get a cancellation on their renter's insurance policy from their tenant? And then the tenant sets the stove on fire because they don't know the bottom broiler wasn't a shelf yeah. for their gloves. And they set the broiler on fire. And so what is rental different... insurance? Rental insurance is what? 20 bucks? Yeah. Best money spent. And you get yeah. the tax deduction by paying for it. Yeah. That's and they'll thank you. <laughs> Another actionable step. Dude. So, so Joe, um, I really appreciate that. All, all these these tidbits, too. I'm, I'm going to re-listen to this, write it down, and... Uh, and copy all the stuff you were talking about. So I have vast um, knowledge and useless information. <laughs> I am the king of useless information. Right? Exactly. I'm a Seinfeld commercial. It's all good. <laughs> so you and um what you, you invest locally. Um, are you looking at other areas to invest in, other cities, states, some any anywhere else? Not really. No. Maybe Delaware, because uh, the barrier of entry is a little better there. Um I'm just watching because I feel like the shoe's still yet to drop. Okay. You know, I think we're not going to see in, true inventory increases. We're kind of in a stagflation moving into it. We, we're, we're in a recessionary type of environment as we speak. We're just denying ourselves that by the media. Uh, but I think we're actually in some form of recession, depending on where you're at. Stagflation. Uh, and I think you're not going to see the impact to the inventory probably till late next year into 24. And okay. I think we'll be in a full-blown buyer's market by then. And then, you know, the demeanor of the, whatever realtors are left will be much more strategic and they'll actually do more work and they'll earn their keep. They don't have to take pictures in front of imaginary cars to impress anybody. Um, you know, or cars they don't own. They'll just go, yes. they, they're not going to drive over to the Jaguar 
uh, car dealership and take a picture in front of a car they don't own. You know what I mean? That that's yeah. not going to be the realtor that's going to be left in the business. So I think it's a needed uh, attrition. There's a needed attrition in the lending space too. So there's layoffs going on and contractions everywhere, and they're just going to trim the fat, you know, and yeah. just going to make people a little more hungrier and a little more transactional and be a little more uh, better in communication. You know, the, those suddenly those voicemails that you call that originally banged up and they don't, you can't leave a voicemail. Suddenly there's space to leave a message. It's amazing <laughs> what happens, you know, when there's no business, suddenly yeah. their voicemail works and suddenly they, they don't text, they call you. Oh yeah. It's amazing. Communication. Yeah. They actually call you back. It, that never it, happens. It's amazing Come what on. happens. Yeah. It actually happens that way. <laughs> so you think in, in, in about a year, you said roughly a year it'll be a buyer's market. Is that is that what yeah. you're? Yeah, uh, we're, we're it's all going toward that. Yeah, there's there's massive indications. I, I did put an article recently up on my LinkedIn referencing certain cities that are already leveling or moving down a couple percentage points, and inventory is increasing. And I think you're going to see some problems because there was over leveraged acquisition of of assets, and then with this job losses and recessionary, true recessionary environment by next year, you're you're going to be those some of these markets are going to be in trouble. Yeah, I look at other industries too. So I've noticed repossessions on vehicles is up mm -hmm. big time. Personal vehicle repossessions seems to be up like through the roof right now. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, things like crypto, these are all things when you were getting free money, you decided to throw that money at those things, right? So all these guys were getting this free money. They're like, I'm going to buy Bitcoin and Ethereum and a new car and all these extra things, and they're all starting to drop off now, right? You know, the crypto market is is pretty low right now. It's not doing super hot. Um, repossessions, obviously, going up because people aren't able to pay for these cars that they got, they bought when they had this free money coming in. Um, so I, I kind of look at those as kind of indicators as how far or how far this thing can go. And I guess if you're saying it's a year till the housing prices drop, uh, you know, that, that's uh, that's what's pretty interesting too. Yeah, I uh, I rather be crying in an economical car than a seven series BMW that I can't afford. Yes. So I think Gary v, v mentioned that in one of his, his intense videos. That guy's yeah. pull the bandaid off kind of guy, you know. So I kind of appreciated that. Uh, I rather I, I don't know if I worded it correctly, but it's kind of relevant to that. Yeah. It was pretty funny. He just laid it out and just you know. Uh, Again, like I just came from back from a bank REO foreclosure asset manager conference, and mm -hmm. I never met more engaged realtors in my career. I mean, they were in your face talking to you. They wanted to know you. They all had a business card. Yes, a physical business card. They have to work. Okay. Man. You go to a local yokel event. I mean, they don't have a business card. They barely have, they have ketchup on their shirt and they're <laughs> disheveled and, you know, their phone voicemails all, I'm very busy. And, you know, like, Anybody that tells you they're very busy, they're not that busy. Yeah, right. Busy people don't tell you that they're busy. They just get shit done. They're just yeah. a get shit done kind of guy, you know, Absolutely. or gal, you know. Um, I, I draw the relevance to David Goggins and you know, how he talks. Just stop the bullshit, you know. I mean, get to it, you know. Yeah. This is we're 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 warriors in our field, okay. And you know, we're not walking into battle with with boxer shorts and a butter knife. We're walking in with tools, okay? That means our brain, different things that we, we bring to the table, whether it's service, et cetera. And uh, these are things that we have to have to apply. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is the time, this is the time where, you know, maybe a year, two years, 
ago, you could answer three out of every five calls that came in. You know, some of these guys were answering, I mean, realtors, I, I, I don't get anyone to respond to me as a land person. Nobody ever responds to me, but um, in the in the single family and the, the residential space, you know, I mean, people would respond. Maybe they didn't have to respond to every call and they still make money. You know, things were going well. Now you better be ready to go. You better be answering five out of five calls. You better be at every single one of the uh, the networking events. You better be on that on Joe's Clubhouse. You better be on that talking to well, Joe. I'm learning about stuff. The, I, I hope you have the capability to come up. You know that's you know not everybody has the courage to come up. They get a little intimidated, and it's okay. I'm I'm not that tall or big of a guy. It's so funny when I run into people they're like, "Well, you were much taller." <laughs> yeah, you know, I come across bigger. You know what I mean? You know it's pucker time, man. This is not time to. You know, dance around. This is uh, I'm. You know, you got to take every day extremely serious. Time has a value. Uh, you got to be very concise. Uh, you actually have to evaluate almost every event you attend. And you got to, if you're going to be a sponsor of an event, you want to know the details. There's not. I, I don't sponsor napkins with a DJ booth. If I'm not in front of or in a booth with my merchandise to talk about what I do with people walking in the door, you're not getting my money. Yeah. So it's got to be extremely precise, whatever event you're attending. Why are you going to that event? What is your expectation? Are you going to walk out with everybody's information and contact number? If they don't have a card, big surprise, are they going to text you their full name and email so you could follow up with them? Connect with them on LinkedIn. Connect with them on Facebook. Connect with them on Instagram. Okay? You know, why are you not doing that? Like, that is, what's the problem asking them to do? a quick text with their full name and email. Yep. Okay. Yeah. If they don't have a card or if you don't have a card, there's no reason for you not to have a card, but if you don't, that's why you have a cell phone and that's why you have Apple where you can text people your full name and your email. Hey, what's your cell phone number? Boom, boom, boom. boom. Okay. So, I mean, this is not the time to play around. This is, if you want land, you're going to hang out with people that, that you hope to know that have land accessibilities. Yeah. That's it. And most land, it's typically free and clear. So there's always, there's, there's the art of negotiation at that part. Well, now it's just a matter of selling. Yeah. Yeah. This is not the time to play around, but it's good because the guys that have been playing around uh, are going to be, they're easy to, to beat up because they've, you know, they've been screwing around the whole time and they are, uh, they're, they're not used to the level of work that, that people like you are doing uh, right now. It's just uh, easier competition to, to squish. Um, competition you only have is your mirror yes that's that's exactly right that's exactly right. Joe, how can, for me? what's that any other questions you have for me yes sir how can people get hold of you well easy you could either text me or call me and actually leave a voicemail okay because yeah, i'm not i'm not telepathic yet so my number is 215-290-5108 215-290-5108 or J Scarese, J S C O R E S E, at lending one spelled out dot com. J Scarese at lending one dot com. And uh, I look forward to hopefully meeting you when I'm out in Denver, man. We'll go for a run or something. Yeah, definitely. Some mountain, get some nosebleeds together. You know, it'll be a lot of fun. There's lions up in these mountains, too. Ah, lions. Yeah, I'm at that tasty anyway. It's okay. I'll be. <laughs> We're allowed to carry weapons here too, so it's all good. We'll do hand-to-hand -hand combat with them. Lions like they like to be pet, just yeah, like like um, house cats. Okay. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> all right, Joe. Here's the big question. 
Yeah. It's the big question I ask at the end of every podcast. Yeah. The big one. I know you've been around real estate for a long time, but this might be, this might that really uh, hit your brain here. If you could buy land anywhere yeah. in the whole world, where would it be and why? Why? Okay. My why? Well, one, I'd have to get permission by my wife, <laughs> but two, somewhere she would enjoy perfect weather at all times year round. So let's assume that's going to be somewhere southwest, southeast, or west coast. So then there's going to be some determining. Like I just came back from San Diego, and that, that was one beautiful area. I don't. I'd love to live there. I don't know. I don't know what goes on there, but it's it's gorgeous. Everybody's yeah. nice. Everybody's it's friendly. It's a very wealthy uh, city. I really enjoyed that. But somewhere where the, where it's a vacationary environment to work from, and smelling the, the sweet smell of salt in the air would probably be uh, much appreciated. So uh, somewhere probably uh, not Florida because that gets way too hot. Uh, yeah. But the Carolinas, Outer Banks, something like that, or. You know, even like Rehoboth down in Delaware, something beautiful down there, where I can hear the ocean cracking, you know, walk the beach. Yeah. A very peaceful environment to keep the noise down. Yeah. Look to uh, a little bit north of San Diego. There's a place called Laguna Beach, Dana Point. Oh, dude. Where the swallows go. San Juan to Capistrano. Old fashioned song from the 40s. Beautiful place, man. Yeah, I've been there. Quiet. Everyone's right on the water there. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Joe, it's been awesome, man. I really appreciate it. DJ, thank you very much. Stay in touch. I look forward to hopefully meeting you in person. Absolutely. Me too. Guys, uh, until next time, I'll see you on Land Life. Take care.